right, welcome to the uh, first ever crossplay podcast brought to you by uh, Game Revolution and PlayStation Lifestyle. Or is it PlayStation Lifestyle and Game Revolution? <laughs> That's that is the question. Uh, so the crossplay podcast, what is this? I guess we should start start off with that. Uh, first of all, we've got uh, I'm Chandler Wood with PlayStation Lifestyle. I am uh, Paul Tamboro with Game Revolution. Cameron Teague with PlayStation Lifestyle. And I'm Jason Faulkner with Game Revolution. And uh, the Crossplay Podcast is a podcast between two sites. Crossplay, get it? It's funny. <laughs> I know. I know. Everybody wants crossplay, and so that's why we're bringing them crossplay. They just still can't play Fortnite with each other. <laughs> it's the crossplay that nobody asked for, but they're still got. <laughs> they they don't want, but they deserve. Yeah. <laughs> we're like the Batman of podcasts. I think it's mostly for Xbox people. I mean, they need games to play. Oh, to come in there. <laughs> and people to play with. Bigger audience. <laughs> oh, we, we that's how we're starting this thing out. It's, it's war. All right, so I guess we'll jump right into things and just start talking about games, which is what we're going to talk about. Um so what has everybody been playing right now? Oh, yeah. I would love to go first and say that I've been playing uh, a hell of a lot of uh, Divinity Original Sin 2, which is about, which, well, isn't about to, but is soon going to come out on PS4 and Xbox One, which uh, is destined to be an infinitely worse version of that game. But uh, it's it's really good. It's really, really good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing some disagreement. I, I don't get to play games ever, really. <laughs> but uh, I've been working my way through Cooney too. That's what I call it because I don't want to say the whole thing. <laughs> Excellent game. Oh, I love it so far. I, I know we'll talk about it here a little bit more in the show, but I really am enjoying it. And uh, I've been playing God of War, which... Uh, with how strict the embargo is, I can't, I can't tell you if it's good or bad. It's, you basically it's a game, can't it's, say a damn thing. It's a game on PS4 starring Kratos, and that's about as far as I could go. Jason mentioned it on a, one of our recent articles, and I was worried that Sony was going to come and tie him up and then just drag him back with them. He was like, I can't talk about it too much because the embargo, but God of War is great. And I was like, no, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so I've been playing, actually trying to clean up my platinum on Just Cause 3, which is causing me to rip my hair out and punch holes in my wall. Oh, wow, that's that, old. that platinum is one of the worst trophies ever the collectibles and the challenges are just stupid but it's a game (laughs) well yes i'm close enough that i want to i want desperately to get the platinum trophy but i want to get the stupid it's like 50 some odd gigs and i want to get it off my system you know i don't think i've got a single platinum trophy on any game i don't think i've ever got one I have a, a few, like 181. 191? Yes. <laughs> he has no life. God. I think I had one. No, actually, 
I think it might have been for the uh, was it Tomb Raider Underworld where it was one of the early Xbox 360 games but that wasn't I played that on the Xbox or so whatever the equivalent of getting all of them on Xbox is thousand uh, gamer score or whatever yeah just yeah. a waste of life <laughs> <laughs> well before that I did actually get my platinum on Far Cry 5 which let's talk about some Far Cry 5 mm-hmm. oh, that's uh, that has done really well sales wise I guess it's broken a bunch of records for Ubisoft um, one of the fastest selling games for them so it, it's obviously liked. When I reviewed it, I gave it a 7.5. I enjoyed some aspects of it, and I thought there were other aspects that were absolutely terrible. I know Jason shares that uh, latter sentiment. Yeah, we gave it a uh, 3 out of 5, so uh, 6 on y'all scale. I think that's what we gave it. I reviewed it. I don't remember why I scored it. But... Um, <laughs> Two point five. No, three point five. Okay, it's three point five. Okay, so seven. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a hard one because my my heart went with was going with a three, but you know it, it it's a pretty decent game mechanically, but it's uh it's all over the place with tone and uh, the plot line. I thought was going to be way cooler, and you know. The first Far Cry plot to really, I don't know, go in depth with uh, the villain, other than he's just crazy. But nope, it uh, it's somehow it, less offensive to me than a Mario game. It's like they made no <laughs> no strides towards you know giving anyone really any depth, and uh, it's the most boring cult ever. I was really surprised by that because from the um, pre uh, pre release trailers and everything, it seemed like, uh, it, it, and uh, in the opening mission as well, it seemed like quite um, not survival horror, but definitely uh, eerie. And yeah, then, um, I played I played like about I think an hour of it. I haven't really got far into whatsoever, and it immediately just becomes goofy. Yeah, yeah, they they really like to jump in with like the missions that are like, oh, go get a, a bull's testicles while it's it's screwing a cow, and like that's one of the missions in the game that's supposed to be about this dark cult that actually has this scene where where Seed talks about how he had to murder his own infant daughter. I mean, like, just this yeah. really dark side of it is juxtaposed with this really goofy side that, that doesn't mesh very well at all. Yeah. The weird thing about that is it uses a lot of comedy that, uh, it's like stereotypical comedy. Like, there's the, the woman who flies the helicopter. Um is dating oh, uh, a, a younger man. Yeah. She's like a, a cougar, as, as they say. Um, not, so, not me, they. Definitely that. So there's, uh, there's two cougars to recruit in the game. Yeah. And she, she's dating uh, like a, a little, um, I guess, again, they would say metrosexual, the, the stereotype. He's a metrosexual guy. And uh, he does yoga and all this stuff, and you'll 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 be killing hundreds of people. And one of her her buddy lines when she's tagging along talk, is talking about watching him in the downward dog yoga position and how she likes that. And I'm just like, this is who 
who wrote this line, it's like as close to stereotypical comedy as you can get. Just like the safest, like she's a she's an older lady dating a younger man. Ooh, watch out, she's spicy. I wonder if they were too worried about it being far too dark and we're just trying to lighten the mood and it went horribly awry. Uh, in a way, it felt like there were maybe two or three people working on the game who had no communication with each other as far as like, you know, one, one, people, one set of people, they were like, you do the plot. And they did it real dark and, you know, somewhat interesting. It had a lot of potential. Then another team, would, they were like, do the jokes. Do the jokes and the buddy stuff and the side missions. And they did those. And it's like there wasn't uh, – the tone is so all over the place that uh, I, I almost refuse to believe that one cohesive team made the game. Yeah, it really feels like – they tried to go darker and deeper and more meaningful on one side of things, but also goofier than they've ever gone on the other side of things. Yeah. And it just pulled apart this, this rift in the middle. Um, I also was not a fan of, of the mechanics. I thought some of the mechanics were actually a step back from previous Far Cry games. You didn't have the crafting mechanics. You didn't have... Oh, uh, crafting? There, there's barely any crafting. Like... Yeah. Normally, you'd craft your your uh, quiver and you know extended stuff to hold different things, and you hunt animals to actually do that. Exactly, but this is it's all in the the perk system, and the perk system is just like this scattershot perk system. That's like, oh, earn some perk points, get some perks. It's not actually tied into the gameplay really at all. Yeah, this time around, like you used to have to hunt animals and stuff to get material to craft and now there's not really besides the side missions and selling selling their hide for money there's no reason to really even hunt or fish or do anything i wonder so, if it was an element a case of it being like um game design by committee or something like where they realized that the dark tone at some point probably wouldn't appeal to that much of a broad demographic so then just decided to go incredibly goofy with it in other areas because it's it's done really well hasn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. sales-wise, it's doing very well. Yeah. I think that's all the setting. Personally, I think the setting yeah, just appeals to a lot of people. Mm. It's, the, it's the first Far Cry game that is in America, isn't it? Yeah. It's the first one in America, yeah. Yeah. So what I think, too, uh, part of what I sense happened is they got this idea in their head to develop this Far Cry game with this setting and this this kind of, you know, doomsday cult and rural America and that whole thing. And then politics and the economy and everything just kind of shifted and went the way that they did. And so I think mid-development, they suddenly went, oh, uh, this is suddenly becoming a little too relevant. And we want to make it a little more of a caricature rather than you know, making it look like we're trying to portray real life. Yeah, I guess there's an element of alienating the audience they're going for and stuff yeah. as well. Maybe. Screw the audience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it. If you take a hard look at it, it's obvious that they were they were going originally for something a lot darker and uh, uh, more of a psychological horror feeling, but then. Yeah. Uh, it's like 
everything you do because they were too afraid to commit doesn't feel like it has any consequence. Yeah. So uh, there's a scene in the game, and I talked about in the review. Uh, there's uh, there's another deputy who gets kidnapped at the start of the game. Uh, minor spoilers for anyone who hasn't played. Um, but uh, eventually, uh, it builds up. You go and you uh, you bust into a compound and rescue her. And there's like this really intense scene where she's freaking out and she's uh, obviously suffering from some sort of uh, shell shock or PTSD symptoms. And she's she's going after you with a knife and she has no clue who you are. And, uh, you know, she calms down. But then it's like a cutscene later. She's just like, man, that sucked. I'm glad I'm OK now. I'm glad I'm out of that place. I totally didn't just get tortured for days or anything. Man, everything's great now. And it's like that kind of stuff throws me out of a game so hard. When it's, there's so much trauma and everyone's just fine. So it's almost like they started as a Wolfenstein and then ended as a Saints Row. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, there there was like cuz cuz Wolfenstein you you talk about that game that does dark yet goofy really well. There are some super goofy aspects to Wolfenstein, but it's also really dark and has something to say. And I think one of the biggest problems with Far Cry was this idea that they wanted it to be completely open to the player. And so yeah. the the three different um, regions separate the story too much so there's no character development at all because there's no linear no kind of linear storyline uh for the characters to actually mean something to you which means you know without entirely spoiling it there are certain parts of the ending segment of the game that are supposed to hit really hard that actually don't because the characters don't mean anything to you yeah, that's... so it. I I thought it felt to me like it was three separate games. Like why why after I take two regions and I'm in that third region, are they not referring to the fact that I've just completely like dominated two thirds of their cult? Yeah, yeah. No, there's no interplay between the regions. It's like all self-contained. <laughs> So you're saying this. I feel like I was, um, I was sold on it. I'm thinking about this now and thinking, hmm, yeah, the story doesn't sound too great. But I was specifically sold on it as a result of the goofiness. My, my girlfriend sat there and she was like, have you bought the new Far Cry 5? I was like, no. And she was like, do you know there's a dog that you can hail by rubbing its belly? And I was like, hmm, <laughs> maybe that's me. Maybe I should get that. And the, uh, the arcade mode looks pretty decent, though I haven't, um, I haven't played it. I mean, as a co-op game and as just a, a game to goof off in, it is, it is fun. That's that's kind of the redeeming quality of it. Yeah, I heard yeah, there was no dropping and it. stuff with it. Is the like uh, like matchmaking and stuff? Yeah, it's it's kind of like a Wildlands. It's drop in, drop oh. out. Oh, okay. Yeah, in terms of that, just roaming around and getting to have fun. I mean, it's. It is a well-built game. It's a solidly built game. Um, you know, the, the gameplay mechanic, mechanically it works really well. I didn't like the progression system, but mechanically the shooting is fun. The, the, you know, it's a fun game. 
the UI looks um, look very clean. Yeah, like the uh, in the in the past, like obviously the they have the whole um, Ubisoft uh, uh, general all the things on the UI telling you where to go and the the map, the full map and stuff. But this one, it seems more like you you wander into objectives and then find them as you're going along. Yeah, so they've just got that compass at the top of the screen, which is kind of a nice uh, nice change there, so you're not distracted by a mini-map the entire time. Um, yeah. I really love the soundtrack, too. I, I've listened to the soundtrack. There's like four different versions of the soundtrack on Spotify that I've listened to numerous times through. And it's a good-looking game, definitely. Uh I don't know. I thought Far Cry 4 looked really good too, though. So, yeah, they've they've always done really well with that. Um, I I just I don't see when we're talking about Far Cry 6 or Far Cry Next or whatever we're talking about. I don't see where they can go next um, because they kind of they kind of shot themselves in the foot with taking this extreme direction with it. And now anywhere else they go is just going to feel like, Oh, okay. Well now they're just going back to, you know, some yeah. remote location in some Far other Cry place. Battle <laughs> I think I they'll go uh... Far Cry London. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they'll go like the, uh, the dying light style. I get a, I could see the next one having a lot of parkour and being set in the city. Oh, that would be, I'd, 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 I'd like that. I'd like a, like, um, a concrete jungle kind of yeah. kind of setting. I'd, I'd appreciate that. They haven't, uh, there's been nothing about a dying light too, has there? I thought dying light was good. There's been there, absolutely uh, nothing about it. They've they been keep... updating it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like random. That. Three years later, they're like, "Oh, here's some free DLC for Dying Light." What? Yeah. Thanks, like guys. That. They're starting. There's a new multiplayer title uh, called Bad Blood. I don't know if that's going to be an expansion for the original Dying Light or a new game. But was it uh, like an isometrical thing with? Like zombies chasing humans or something. Just the description sounds like the division, but it's probably not oh, really? like that. <laughs> like my gut says, the division. Just reading uh, games as a service zombies. Yeah, uh, PvP and PVE. So oh, I, right, okay. Uh, yeah. So I I don't I don't really know where they go next from here for for Far Cry because. I I feel like they went really ambitious when they first revealed it. There was all this controversy over the setting and the the villains and everything. And I just don't think they can hit that same level. But they really didn't do the the story and the setting that they wanted to do justice with this one, I I don't feel like. I think uh, Ubisoft has a lot of really good ideas for games. But then uh, it's like they're too too afraid to get outside of their established franchises. So, like this would have been a really great start for a new franchise that you know wasn't Far Cry. But yeah. it, it's it's like they didn't want to take that risk to get away from the brand recognition too much, which I think that's a problem with a lot of studios, not just. Ubisoft. I think Ubisoft has got a very set formula now, haven't they? That they that they very strictly follow with like every single uh, franchise that they've got. 
and yeah. um, it seems like I'll get excited for an Ubisoft game in like theory and then when it comes out I realise that it's just nothing that I'm interested in like the division I was I was I'm a, I'm a big multiplayer uh, player and I was really really invested in the division when it was announced and then come to play it and it's just nothing that I'm into uh, it just seems like they, they like you said there looks like they're going to take a risk and it's going to be interesting and then they just wind up not doing that whatsoever well not to mention that that between announcement and release of the division was like I think I previewed that at three degrees before it actually came out yeah so it, it was a, a long oh, yeah, time, it was a, long a lot time. of expectations set up for that game that, that just didn't didn't deliver on release. Yeah, it still had like a decent concept. It was just a case of I think the Division Two. Well, it was boring. I'm ho- yeah, I'm hoping that the Division Two would uh will will uh rectify a lot of the things that was wrong about it, like the PvP, which was which was dreadful. But um, yeah, it just seems a lot of Ubisoft games to have their set little formula, although they don't really deviate from it. But what are you gonna do? Well, speaking of, of formulas and, and deviating from formulas, uh, we can actually talk briefly about God of War. I haven't played it yet. Uh, Jason probably has to stay quiet yeah. <laughs> on it. Um, so this is this is coming purely from Sony. Uh, disclaimer, this is coming purely from a we haven't played it yet perspective. <laughs> but I think it's uh, I think it's really interesting that that they've gone this new direction with God of War, and it is a really divisive direction. I think I, I see a lot of commenters on on PlayStation Lifestyle specifically who are talking about not liking this new direction that they went and not thinking that, that you know Kratos is the same character as before and, and not liking the more intimate camera angles and everything. But I personally am like, good, great, don't give me God of War... PS2 on the PS4. Like, I want evolution of the characters of the game, and I see this as a a logical evolution and next step that feels the same but different. Has Kratos ever been a good character? (laughs) I actually... I'm of the mind I've never liked God of War. I really have not. I've never enjoyed it, and this one actually looks enjoyable to me. I think the story, I think the, the setting, I think everything looks good. Now, I have to ask, is part of that because you have kids, too? Uh, no, no, he looks annoying. <laughs> I love no. the idea that you're like, that you'd be like sitting there thinking, God, I love looking after my kids. I want to look after them in a video game too. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get enough of it. Taking no, a break, looking after another kid. That might have it. That might have something to do with it. I just think the mature Kratos kind of as a father, I, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of the last of us yeah. a little bit. And, I don't know. It hits home with me. I, th- I think it'll be a really, really good game. And that's where I see uh, games like, you know, Walking Dead Season 1, tell, uh, Telltale's Walking Dead, uh, Last of Us, games where you're tasked with kind of this responsibility of, of caring for somebody. That's going to send a different message and hit home to different people in different ways. Somebody who is single bro gamer guy 
you know, might not hit them in quite the same way as somebody who's a parent and has a child and has somebody that they're responsible for. So I, I think that there's that kind of interesting aspect. And I know that that was one of um, Corey Barlog's kind of inspirations for God of War was that, that he had a kid and was like, wow, you know, this this completely changes who I am now that I've got this kid and my, my whole personality has changed. And so he kind of went that direction with it. Well, and, and just think simply from the future of God of war standpoint, you could theoretically take this kid and now build series or series of games around him and continue the story in that way, maybe in some kind of side side series or whatnot. So it gives you a couple more options going forward because I don't think Kratos is going to be around forever. Well, they're not, then not again, that maybe bit. Drake's still around. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's – uh, I just don't understand why anybody would want the same Greek god of war – just in a Norse setting now. Like, if if you're going to change setting, if you're going to advance the game, I want a meaningful advancement of the game. I think there's always that conflict, isn't there, between, like, as we were just saying about um, games uh, not deviating from the formula uh, and then deviating too much. And I just think people... I guess it's just because, obviously, there's a, there's a huge audience and stuff, but people either want... Uh, they can never seem to settle on whether they just want the same thing repeated over and over again or or whether they want something um, completely brand new, and I think I'm, I'm of the mind like I, I I have never been interested in the God of War series before. I I picked up a, I think I played um, a bit of three maybe or whatever was on the PS3, yeah. and uh, not, not hasn't interested me whatsoever. But this one is really really. Oh, this is probably one of my most the games I'm most looking forward to this year. I'd say. What. I think there's a, a case for sticking to your formula, but then you saw with Final Fantasy 15 where they kind of strayed from that and tried something new and it succeeded. And I can't wait to see people flip out when the next God of War has a modern setting and God of War is, you know, strutting around in New York or something through a time traveling <laughs> device. Something walking around with a briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> I could see, I actually would be very interested in that. You say that. Do you remember the Castlevania? Do you remember, uh, was it Lords of Shadow or something, where yep. at the very yeah. end they just crash in and it's, uh, it's New York or something? It's Tokyo or something like <laughs> Tokyo, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm up for that, where he just crashes through a wall and it's just God of War. God of War. Kratos was in New York all along. It's just a set. He's just on the yeah. Tonight Show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> David Jaffe in the director's chair. Jason's just over there chuckling like, you guys have no idea how right you are. I'm, I'm trying so hard not to say anything because it's like there's there's nothing I can say that uh, Sony PR might not yeah, be like, you know. I can, I can already um, hear, hear the email being talked to. I will say uh, the move to Norse mythology with Kratos, uh, I would be interested in seeing that kind of become a theme in the series like you know he does norse mythology this time um maybe next time he's in india doing you know uh hindu mythology you know uh assassin's creed it yeah yeah this goes straight assassin's creed and yeah i know that's uh, something that they've talked about where 
this kind of is is the chapter two of God of War, and they are already considering other directions that it could possibly could possibly go. I'd I'd want to see like a Dante's Inferno style, you know, take on kind of Christianity, the Bible, heaven, hell, that sort of thing. I think that yeah. they could do some interesting things with that. I know. I, uh, when I, when I posted about that, uh, there was an article where, where Barlog said something about how they had considered at one point, um, God of War Christianity basically. And a lot of people were just so upset about that and thinking, oh, there's, there's nothing that he could take on. There's, there's nobody that he could actually interact with or fight. And I was like, there's the entire Bible. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if we're there yet. Um, <laughs> socially for it's, that. It's, yeah, uh, it's a touchy subject. I understand that, but I think, I think that if they could pull it off right, if they could do it tactfully and right, uh, it, it could be a very interesting game. I think even if they did do it tactfully and right, I, I still think that that would, it would very much divide everybody, that kind of thing. Just Kratos literally fighting a giant Bible. <laughs> a giant a giant sentient bible <laughs> looking looking the camera directly in the eye and just being like this is what you've done this is what it's become <laughs> in current year 2019 this is what we're doing now oh man um man the hot takes on that one i, know. I can already feel myself writing one up <laughs> shaking yeah 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 is this the just- caffeine or is this the hot take <laughs> Just, just write how uh, Kratos takes on Noah and whether he's an enemy of Noah or an ally of Noah. And then you get Moses, you get... Uh, <laughs> you you know, there, was a, there, was a th- there was a game released on Steam, a terrible game. It got, it got Steam banned in like um, Thailand or something uh, that was like War of the Gods and like you could, it was like had a playable, Jesus was playable. Noah was playable fighter. Oh, God, that was... I mean, I'm not religious, but I looked at it and I was like, oh, I can understand why people would be upset. Yeah, this is not great. Yeah. yeah. When something's that obviously, like, yeah. Just have him fight Constantine and be done with it. (laughs) Constantine, God of War crossover. Yeah, it's what we've all been waiting for. With the special guest from Hellboy. <laughs> and then before you know it, God of War or Kratos is in the Avengers, and you're like, oh, okay, well, this just. Well, happened. I think Cameron has effectively just made Injustice 3 at this point. Yeah. And then, so in Hellboy, Constantine, what about Ninja Turtles? Just get Great. a couple of them in. Come on, Kratos versus. Van Helsing. Yeah, Kratos versus Van Helsing versus the Turtles versus <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. At this point, just leave out the DC heroes. Yeah. We've got yeah, enough of a roster Batman, otherwise. So Kratos, God. They could just do uh, just all of the uh, basically public uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like Mary Shelley all those uh, those monsters yeah, you don't have to really movie. pay a license for. Oh, the ones that are in public domain. <laughs> yeah, public domain monsters. <laughs> just really cheap, too. Again, developed by Creative Commons. They're all just checking whether they have to give credit to anybody. <laughs> yeah. Beauty and the Beast, but not Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear it's Monster different. and the Attractive Woman. <laughs> 
So speaking of, of games that are have kind of changed the formula and moved on a little bit, uh, Nino Kuni 2. Um, Cameron, I know we're getting to your part. <laughs> this is, all this you. is my jam. <laughs> you know, I, I really, really want to love this game more than I do uh, because I gave the first one a 10. I thought it was perfect in every way, oh, wow. shape, and form. I loved the hell out of it. And I like every change they made into – my major issue is you've got these great characters. You've got this great setting, and the writing and delivery of everything is just so boring. The story just sucks. It's not it's, – I'd love to say it's even good, but it's just not – it's just so everything's just delivered very, very dull. Oh man, this guy came through. I guess we need to help him. Oh no, he went berserk. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. I I got the impression early on, definitely the the game, the way it tries to open up for the kingdom building and the side quests and all that stuff. Um, the it, it kind of throws the story at you here it is and then it doesn't really pick up those threads until the very end of the game again so the middle of the game it's it's almost a lot like far cry 5 in that same way where there's just the story beats are so sporadic and and spread out as when they actually happen and story advances that the story really feels weighted on the beginning of the game and the very end of the game. And there's just kind of this empty ish space in between. Well, it, it doesn't, it doesn't pull at your heart like the first one did. I mean, the delivery of, of some of the key key events of the story just felt kind of flat. Um, even the very beginning, I'm not going to say anything because you know, I mean, whatever you've probably played it. Um, the very beginning when the kingdom's getting overrun and it just, you never felt that tension. It was just flat to me. Yeah. I mean, it, in my opinion, it's, it's like, uh, the whole game is a throwback to classic RPGs. So it's like the plot was almost choreographed, you know, from the moment you start, you kind of know how it's going to go. It's just like, uh, a really excellent modernization of, you know, Suicoden or uh, yes, yes, Final yes. Fantasy VI or, you know. Um, so I, I kind of feel like the plot could have been more interesting, but I also feel like maybe when it was being developed, they were actively like, we're, we are going to throw back, you know, to the old days of JRPGs. Uh but in a modernized, uh, funner form, basically. Maybe that's the case. And, and I want to go back to the, the kingdom building, which I was really excited about. And, and I don't know about you, Chandler, I'm about 18 hours in. It just feels a little bit overwhelming at times, how much you can build the kingdom. And at the same time, it doesn't feel like it ever really does anything. It, it never feels like it really affects my gameplay at all and maybe that could be because the combat is so incredibly easy so that was that was one of their big goals with with this was to add all of these elements that you could or 
could not take part in if you did or didn't want to. And it was kind of like, well, here's the Kingdom Builder. If you want to invest time in it, go for it. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Here's the the Higgledies. If you want to invest time in them, great. If not, that's fine. You can leave them alone. Um, The little skirmish battles. You know, if you want to put a ton of time into the skirmish battles, you can. If not, well, there will be one difficult one near the end that you might have to grind up for a little bit. But other than that, you know, there's you really don't have to take part in them. And so there's this sense of like player freedom and you can kind of play how you want to and and play with whatever systems you want to in the game but at that same point yeah it does make some of those systems feel in some ways like they're not actually important to the game like everything is just side dishes kind of smashed together to make a full game which which is frustrating because all of them are actually really well done the skirmishes are fun the kingdom building's fun but i did find myself you know, playing the game and going, why am I building up my kingdom? It's not really changing anything. Yeah, it's kind of fun, but it doesn't really affect anything except for, hey, my kingdom got bigger. And I I guess now I kind of wanted to tie into the gameplay just a little bit and tie into the story a little bit more because the story is you trying to build this kingdom up. So that should be a little bit more important in the overall grand scheme of it. Yeah. Things like, I I mean, again, in some ways it does play into it. So like developing your, uh, I can't remember what the building is called, but it helps you with like the dreamer mazes where it makes the, the danger rate go up slower or it detects chests and doors in the dreamer mazes. And and that's part of the kingdom building. Um, I haven't got to that yet improving your spells you can you can improve and gain new spells through through the kingdom building there's one section of the kingdom building that's about that that will give you like increased experience uh, from battles and from skirmishes and different abilities and skirmishes so there are pieces of it that tie into the rest of the game but they also made it so optional to tie those pieces in that unless you're really exploring for it you you might not even find those and yeah i can see how you would well and the difficulty the lack of difficulty really affects those features because you don't need to improve your spells because you're gonna basically wipe the floor with everything i think i died once and it's because i put down my controller to go tell my kid not to do something i I think that's about the only time i've died so far and even that was close i mean i set the thing there for like a couple minutes it felt like yeah it's it's definitely not not the most difficult game in the world and i i wish they could have done something with with difficulty settings maybe um or had that be part of the kingdom building where you know it, it you could increase the difficulty of things i know that's one of the things on like skirmishes you can make a skirmish harder to get mm-hmm. additional rewards from it and that is one of the things the skirmishes i feel like uh, there are some of them that are actually kind of tough when you get into them, if you get in over your head. Oh, yeah, I, I lost a couple of those. But, yeah, the actual gameplay, the the, the battles, um, I, I don't know. 
I mean, I, I really liked Nino Kuni 2 overall. Uh, I still think it's a, a brilliant game and was very well put together. I don't know if I like the, the battle system that they have in this more than the familiar system from the first one because it it felt more strategic in the first one, and this one just feels like mashing buttons to, to kill everything. Uh, you know, I would say this feels more like a Tails battle system which is not necessarily a bad thing but at least the first one was very unique there was something very special about that battle system and i know a lot of people hated it but i I loved all the little nuances to it i thought it made it made even easier battles at least somewhat more difficult to me and and i think what's most exciting about about nino kuni 2 and the future of nino kuni is that they're treating it as like a Final Fantasy, so to speak. So, you know, Nino Kuni is different from Nino Kuni 2, the same way that Final Fantasy 7 was different from Final Fantasy 8, and we're going to continue moving along that path. So, if and when Nino Kuni 3 comes out, that's a that's another game, another type of, of game. So, um, I'm eager to see where they where they take it from here, what systems they update and change, and how they decide to evolve the uh, the series. What do you think, Jason? Uh, I was just thinking about the uh, the kingdom building and like what what it felt what was lacking to me. And uh, I don't know if you guys have played Sui Coden two. Uh, uh, yes, but if you remember the cooking contest, um, it's like that made it feel like there were things actually happening at your headquarters and that the people you were recruiting were actually I don't know, doing things other than just hanging out in front of the building that you've assigned them to. Um, I, I felt like the, the kingdom needed more of those spontaneous events uh, or mini games, you know, because I'm at level three kingdom right now, so it's uh, it's fairly big. So it's kind of starting to feel like there's a lot of people living there, and it's actually a kingdom. But for the most part, you know, uh, people might send you on a random quest now and then when you talk to them there, but they'll just repeat the same phrase over and over uh, for the most part. Once you, you know, once you recruit them, that's it. There's there's nothing else to do with them. I agree with you as well. I think they could have made it feel a little bit more alive and had some a couple more cut scenes with just people in your kingdom that kind of kind of actually made you feel like, hey, I, I do have this kingdom and I have people living here, and you know, there's there's something more to them than just the shop that they run. So I'm I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you on that. I kind of I kind of hate that zoomed out view too, like the chibi zoomed out view, and you're you're going about your kingdom i really think they should have made it a, a town uh like a traditional town like the, the other ones in the game instead of kind of like the world map well and it's it's not like uh level five doesn't have experience with uh zooming into towns that you build i mean dark cloud was yeah. all about that so yeah, they, they probably blew an opportunity with that. But, I mean, overall, I'm still having a, a blast with the game, and I would still consider it a a, a front-runner for RPG of the Year at this oh, yeah. point, of course. 
yeah, yeah, just designing all those old systems to to kind of uh, like you said, Jason, to to bring back that classic RPG feel in a modern day. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I loved it. Um, best RPG so far this year, definitely. So uh, I'm I'm getting really good with these uh, segues here. Uh, speaking of bringing classics to the modern day, <laughs> uh, let's all get super hyped for Spider-Man now. Oh yeah. Mhm. Uh, 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 just uh, speechless, right? <laughs> I, I I like it, it. Looks so good. It looks so so good. I um the the free the free running element of it it just it looks really really fluid I know like I don't know whether anybody's managed to get hands on with it yet I absolutely haven't um, but I, I, I'm I'm so into that I think that's yeah that's that's right up there for me this year uh, never really been a fan of Insomniac's uh, stuff oh, before but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a fan of them before but um, yeah I'm really into this I uh, I think it looks really good. Um, yeah, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think it looks fantastic. It's uh, I think it's going to be. It, it is hard from a mechanical level, I think, to get the feeling of being a superhero just right and balancing player freedoms with with control. And from what I've been reading and seeing from the Game Informer coverage on Spider-Man, it seems like there's actually quite a bit of player interaction for the, the web swinging, but it's it's also completely free and open, and so you never feel like you're stuck on this preset path. You know, kind of Assassin's Creed, when you go to climb something, you, you kind of stick to these... Hold on, and then you walk and can't think. Yeah. Um, but but with Spider-Man, apparently there's it's almost completely up to the player as to where they're swinging. It's physics based. It's just all these little details that they manage to to work out for it. It looks like you can tell from like when he hits a build in the animation, like uh, like the, depending upon the direction that he hits, it is running in that direction. It just looks it looks really good. I'm uh, I'm just interested to see something because obviously like the 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 like, pinnacle of a game that could make you feel like a superhero really has been Batman Arkham. I'm I'm interested to just to see how it kind of compares to that for Spider-Man, really. I actually think, you know, to me it reminds me a lot of Infamous Second Son, which I love the heck out of that game. And it gives me that same feel watching the trailers. You know, and I didn't like Spider-Man growing up. Um, but I think it, I think it's telling that they wanted, they picked Spider-Man. They wanted to work on a Spider-Man game. So Yeah, didn't they get complete, uh, they gave them complete access to every single, was it Marvel Hero or something? The that Marvel catalog, yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I wish they would have. Really. <laughs> they should have selected Punisher, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you remember and, that Punisher game where you could put people in the wood chipper? That was good. yes. I like that. That was good. <laughs> and and honestly, I what I hope this is is the start of a resurgence of of good Marvel games. We haven't had a good Marvel superhero game, or or really a good superhero game aside from Arkham, for quite a long time. No, it's been ages. Deadpool. <laughs> was Deadpool I can't remember a Marvel game that I've enjoyed. Silly. No, I just I love Deadpool, but no, the game really wasn't that great. 
I didn't play it. It was one of those ones I wanted to, but I never got around to. Um, yeah, I remember a Marvel game save for maybe Spider-Man Two on the. Did it come out on the PS Two? Uh, that I've really, that I've really enjoyed. I can't. There's Marvel uh, Heroes. I didn't really play much of that. What were those? Those top-down ones. That was Marvel Heroes, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Marvel Alliance. Here. So, was, Ultimate Alliance, yeah. yeah. It's like 60, 70 pounds to buy them now here. They're like, they're like gold dust. <laughs> no, I, I think Chandler's got it, though. Hopefully this does really well, which I think it will. I actually think it'll outsell God of War in the long run because I think it's going to be better, um, personally. But I would love to see... I would love to see them go and continue this with other games and to start revitalizing a lot of those really cool superheroes. What, what log? Oh, I, I already said Punisher. Oh, the Punisher. <laughs> I, I love Punisher. I want I want a good Punisher game really badly. Yeah. I'm surprised. We, oh, we've got that. Oh, there's the, um, the Avengers game is coming out. Uh, oh, yeah, soon, Square Enix's been worked, uh, huh? Avengers, which yeah. the guy from Uncharted Lost Legacy, uh, Sean Eskig, went over there. Oh, really? Wasn't it like so. Iron Man, the Iron Man 2 tying game that was so bad that basically just got companies to stop making these superhero tying games? I'm sure it was Iron Man 2. I think so, yeah. It's, it was just one of just, them. Well, I think the smartest thing for them to do is stop making movie tie-ins. Like you can, yes. you can make a game that's like this Spider-Man game. That's like, okay, Spider-Man, the Avengers, everything—they're all relevant right now. This is great, but this game doesn't have to tie into no. the Avengers movie. It doesn't have to tie into the Spider-Man movie. It can be its own thing and capitalize on that same hype, but also allow the studio freedom to make the game that they want to make rather than being constrained by the, the license. They don't, re- they don't really do tie-in games that often anymore, do they? It's more or less... Um, they do a lot of tie-in mobile games, um, but that stands to reason they probably get I think an they absolute shitload of money. Well, hopefully Spider-Man does really well and you start to see, because there's so many great characters that they could bring out. They could do Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, you know, but not a Telltale game. They could do Ant-Man. They could, I mean, there's so many great options here. Can you imagine like a Mass Effect style Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, oh. So good. <laughs> I'm just dreaming right now. Well, uh, uh, talking about David Jaffe earlier, he had um, I, I wrote an article the other day. He had like um, a superhero. Uh, he was working on a superhero game that was kind of going to be like Twisted Metal, but like obviously with superpowers rather than cars. Uh, but they canned it from his studio um, because they'd heard something, I think, about what they were doing for the Avengers game. So I think, like, the Avengers game is basically going to have, like, PvP elements to it, and I am really, really into that. Like, a squad-based superhero PvP third-person not shooter, just, I guess, throwing magic and fireballs at one another. (laughs) Lasers and flying around and web-slinging. I read it and I was like, I haven't even seen this game yet, but I'm all in. All my chips are down on the table. I am for that. That's my <laughs> thing. And how crappy is it that he went from that awesome idea to Drawn to Death, which was oh, the Drawn dumbest thing I've so ever seen. Bad. <laughs> it was horrible. Uh, I really wish, I know, like, obviously, he hasn't really got a say in the Twisted Metal thing, but um, did anybody play Twisted Metal on the uh, PS3? 
because that get that it got candy got absolutely mauled like critically and I don't think it did that well in terms of sales but I love that game so much I I hated it because it it took away what I loved about Twisted Metal which was the arcade style bunch of characters tons of different endings oh uh, yeah there wasn't and a lot it was of characters. like here there's three characters and you can yeah. choose different cars for each one of them and yeah I, I thought it was it was it's on online wasn't so good but I, I think that was more a case of the PS3's online not being too oh, great yeah. I remember it being really oh, difficult all to you had to do was do Twisted Metal 2 emulate that and create a new game that's all you needed Bam. to do yeah. Which was the one that had the Paris map? Where you could go under the Eiffel Tower? I think that was two. That's the best one. Reboot that one. Yeah. There we are. Get a change.org petition up or something. <laughs> yeah, because those work. Yeah. <laughs> and then just make me <laughs> twisting metal to one signature. Briefly talking about Insomniac, we all also obviously have to throw out Yay, hype for Spyro. Spyro yeah, Trilogy yeah, yeah. finally got mm. announced, which I've been I've been covering rumors on that game for what feels like the last six months. I'm I'm done. I'm so ready for Yeah. It was like, like it was pretty much Shadow of the Tomb Raider level of uh, secret at that point, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was no surprise at all. I think it looks great. It'll be it'll be fun when it comes out. It'll be nice yeah. to revisit the classic. I'm looking forward to it. I don't really like the amount of people who are shitting all over Spyro. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not really a Spyro fan, but it's kind of like you go on to. I know you probably shouldn't spend any time on Twitter uh, no. for your mental health nah. in any stretch of the imagination. But like, there was like five minutes on like my feed of people going, "Ah, oh, Spyro," and then like the other five minutes of being like, "Spyro is terrible, you fucking idiot." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like people just- love. Yeah, let let people like what they like. Why why okay, you don't like Spyro, which we actually had one comment on our site that was from somebody who who said, "Well, I've never really liked Spyro, but this is really exciting for the people that do." And I was like, "Dude, the internet needs more people like yeah, you." He's the only person who is in a comment section writing that. He's the only person <laughs> to ever have done that. I just I gave him a digital hug for that. I was like, "Dude, you're awesome." <laughs> <laughs> Pinned comment. <laughs> um all right, so let's uh, let's get into. We got some readers to actually send us questions. This is episode one, and we already have reader questions. How about that? <laughs> um, so let's uh, yeah, let's just start into these. Uh, Bayou Boys sent us a question saying uh, he recently played through the Star Wars Battlefront Two Resurrection DLC, and it got him wondering what do we think about story DLC that continues the story of the main game. Uh. I'm okay with it as long as it comes out fairly quickly after the game releases. <laughs> you know, I, I just recently tried to, not that it extends the main story, but um, the Final Fantasy 15 Royal Edition DLC that kind of adds story. And it just, it was so hard to get into after two years away from the game. I thought you'd uh, I thought you'd mean after because the battle the Battlefront Two DLC came out like two weeks later after launch, didn't it? That like tied up the story, that yeah, capitalised on Last Jedi or whatever. Yeah, that was kind of a special case because I know they separated it just to avoid Last Jedi spoilers. So, what was the spoilers? Uh, that it wasn't any good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it took place on uh, God, Jakku and Crate maybe. 
Uh, yeah, so it's literally there, just there planets. Yeah, so it was like a little bit of spoiler they didn't want to let out. It wasn't, it wasn't true. The lie was in the DLC or something. Wasn't it something to do with Auden's? No, Auden was the mum in the end, wasn't she? It was Auden's daughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the, um, the the big thing with the Battlefront 2 Resurrection DLC that I think is fine is that yeah. it wasn't actually DLC. It was it was a free update that yeah. added to the story one the, the story from the main game wrapped up just fine it's not like they chopped off the ending chapters this was just kind of a bonus where it did com- it did continue the story but it was more of like a pseudo sequel than it was uh, uh, like cutting off the end of the game and then continuing the story and it was free so if you are making me pay to get the rest of the story that you know, oh, yeah. aside from being a complete sequel like um, Azura's Wrath Azura's Wrath did it where it was like the, and the I think the DLC was quite expensive as well and it was like the actual ending of the game was locked behind this DLC yeah I, I think that's a, a very poor way of doing things but uh, overall I, I'm not I, I think it's really up to what the DLC is how complete the main story is if it's an update or if it's you know free or paid um, so there's a few different factors that go into whether I'm fine with it or not. I really like carry on. You go ahead. I was gonna say I really like to see more uh, of like the spin-off DLCs like that they'll do where it kind it's not really a continuation of the main story, but it's like another idea within the same world. So like um, Far Cry, uh, Blood Dragon, and uh, Red Dead. What was Undead Nightmare? Um, oh, yeah. I wish they'd do more stuff like that. That's kind of like just a spin-off on the existing story, but you don't feel like you've missed out too much if you don't buy it. But it's it's more interesting that way. But I was going to bring it's actually going that way. I was going to bring up 15 again, Final Fantasy. Um, I like the DLC to be able to revisit some of these characters in like this past part of the story and get kind of their take on this certain time during the story. I, I, I like stuff like that, and I'm okay with paying for that because it gives you added story on top of the main. Mm. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna kind of piggyback off this question and uh, put out I'm not a huge fan of episodic games. <laughs> I really, uh, I really wish they would just that that trend would just die because um, I feel like if you get a game, it should have a full story back to front that if you wanted to sit down and play it in one setting, you could do it. Um, I get why they do episodic releases, but. Um, like the council, for example, is a game that just came out um, that I love. It was a great game. Totally got into it, and of course, you know, it was only the first of five episodes. So by uh, the time that comes back around, I'm I'm not going to care. Um, and I think uh, story DLC is kind of like that. If the story DLC uh, comes too late or has something to do with the story that you've already passed, kind of like Final Fantasy XV. Um, I just don't think it's any good. Yeah. 
I think I usually like if it's an episodic uh, series. I usually just end up waiting because I got into the uh, <coughs> first episode of the um, Batman Telltale series, and like I said, with the council, by the time the second episode came around, I really, really didn't care anymore, yeah. and I, I completely fell out with that series from just playing the first episode and then kind of forgetting and just leaving it. So I do the same thing. Just wait till they're all out. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, the first season of the um, Telltale's Walking Dead's lot, I think it was like one of my favourite games of that year. And it was literally because I waited. I, I feel like if I would have played it all as they had been released, I wouldn't have been as into it as I ended up being. I, I would be fine with episodic games releasing uh, over time if they were closer together because I, I kind of enjoy that that little element of wow I just finished this it's on a cliffhanger I won't get to know how it how it picks up again for another week or another two weeks but the whole like month or two months between yeah. episodes sometimes yeah. is just ridiculous you'd want it to be like an episode of like Breaking Bad wouldn't you where like it ends on yeah. like a Sunday and then you can wait a bit and then it's fine but when it's two months I'm like I don't even know who Batman is anymore <laughs> <laughs> who is Batman <laughs> who are these people <laughs> Uh, all right, Cameron, you want to take this next question? Yeah, you got it. Oh, I got it then. <laughs> Divine Hand asks us, uh, the generation, this generation of gaming seems to have now been centered on 4K. Uh, what do we think the next generation of consoles will be centered on at the start of next gen and in the middle of it, like with PS4 Pro and Xbox One X for 4K? Still 4K, 8K, 144 hertz, or, or what? Can I start okay. this? Well, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care one bit. I'm here for the games. I could give a shit. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. I could really just not care. I don't care. No. I'm not sure who you was apologizing for swearing in front of them. Was it because of the dog that's on your desk? <laughs> You're closing his little ears. Yeah, <laughs> just, poor dog. Don't listen to me. Don't repeat this language. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I... I kind of agree. I'm one of the people that still has yet to pick up a PS4 Pro. I would love to. It just... The, for me, a graphical increase is not enough. And, and a moderate graphical increase of that is, is not enough to really incite another $400 console purchase. And so the whole thing for me, actually, they... <laughs> This commenter says that this generation seems centered around 4K, but I think this generation was actually centered more around particle effects and lighting, not yeah. necessarily around resolution. Now, the resolution is the, the talking point that you come out to people who are like, oh, this game is in 4K and everything. But what's constantly amazed me about this generation of games is how just better rendered lighting can make any game look better. Yeah, look, you'd have ne like not necessarily like graphical powerhouses that like can absolutely floor you. Like Sea of Thieves, I didn't really like that game, but um, even like playing it on my like my not so great PC monitor uh, was the the water effects and everything was just really really impressive. And then playing it on the um, Xbox One X was was like amazing um but it, it's not so much a cat i'm more into interested in like uh visual direction than i am actual like the performance of like statistics behind it like if, if, the, if the game's like 4k but then hasn't got a great uh visual direction i'm not interested but then a game like sea of thieves can just blow me away yeah. i would argue that uh 
Yeah, this this generation wasn't centered around 4K because uh, the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. Uh, PS4 Pro doesn't do true 4K at all at checkerboards. So, and then the Xbox One X has maybe like a handful of titles that do that can do true 4K. So. Uh, I'd say the Xbox One X is at least like it, it's noticeable. Like the 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 switch from like the switch from like the PS4 to Xbox One now is yeah. like completely noticeable. I haven't really noticed that much of a difference between my Pro and my uh, my standard PS4. I don't really think it's like that much of a of a great investment there. Yeah, I would say that the next gen is actually going to be the one that uh, starts hitting consistent. 4K at you know 60 frames a second will be the target. Um, for me, more than resolution, I think HDR makes a game yeah. look, look better, in my opinion, than than bumping it up to 4K. That's I'd rather have TV that can support HDR. It's it's, uh, it's very frustrating that uh, that, my, that I can't get the, the most out of it. Yeah, I'd rather have 1080p with HDR over 4K without yeah. it. For real. Yeah. Well, and, and this, this conversation and, and question really is, is largely focused on visuals, but I'm thinking like with, uh, with better CPUs and GPUs, we can do more processes and games can actually do more things and more interesting things within the games. That's really what I want to see is, is what can they do with the AI systems and, mm-hmm. and all that within games. So I, that's where I think the next gen is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we want to do a couple more of these questions if we can do them quickly yeah. and wrap it up? Uh, I'll go with these. These are the ones that was left on uh, Game Revolution. So we had uh, Matt Atkinson who said, describe your work day. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's the most pleasant question. I, I wake up uh, just as my wife is heading off to, to work for the day and I feed the cats and then I sit down and I browse Reddit and Twitter and N4G and anything else to try and see any gaming news coming out for the day. <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny how my workday feels like it's the same all the time. And yet at the same time, my workday can be really different each day, depending yeah. on what reviews I'm working on, what news is coming out. Uh, today, doing the podcast has kind of thrown a... a yeah. So but you it, can like you can I think in this kind of line of work you can kind of plan for something as as much as you want but then something always crops up like you rarely have a day where there's like it's it's completely quiet so you've always got to be kind of on your toes with uh with with what's going to happen Yeah be ready to to kind of shift your coverage and, and yeah well there was that change. one random day the other uh the other week where it was just like uh oh the new smash brothers has been announced and now the division two has been announced and then i was yeah. just sitting there i was like i think one of our writers had like just i, I just had the day off uh, was going to do something and i was just sitting there like man the cannons <laughs> just, <laughs> we all need to be here what's going on i i do try and take a little bit of mental health time. <laughs> I need to make sure that I get up. I'm walking around. I'm not sitting on my couch for, cause, cause literally I could sit on my couch all day and look up and write about video game news. Oh yeah. It's not hard to do. Um, with as much stuff as coming in. Uh, well, how long but, have you been working from home for now? 
working from home, not like as a second job, uh, just under a year now. Oh, right, okay. I'm like uh, a I've veteran of the writing, trade. <laughs> I've been writing now for, for about five years as a second yeah. job. So office job during the day, get home and, and start start writing for the site you get into like little loops i think when you start it's uh working from home i think i've been working just uh solely from home now for about six years so uh eventually so you don't like literally transform into like a cave troll um you you have to sort of get yourself going like i said for take some mental health time and stuff i took up cycling just so there's literally something because <laughs> otherwise you can just sit there and not move just be completely motionless. Oh yeah. Anytime my wife comes home and she's like, well, did you want to see a movie today? Yes. Yes. Let's go see a movie tonight. <laughs> let's go. I like standing like, uh, like, uh, uh, lines in, uh, in supermarkets and just talk to cashiers for like 30 minutes, just <laughs> for human contact. Just <laughs> they know me around there now. It's like, that guy's come in again. He's been wearing the same clothes for three days. Lock the doors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think he wants to buy any groceries. He just wants to talk. Uh, okay, we got another question from uh, from Silverstore, who said it's been two years since the commercial start of Modern VR. Will it become the next big thing, or was it just a fad? I uh, I don't think it's a fad. I mean, it's not the move. So. <laughs> Well, and it, it actually uses the move. So I, I think those aren't the only two options for that question. I don't think it's the next big thing, but I also don't think it's a fad. I think it's a a viable additional platform for games that's that's interesting and different and will continue to be such. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day because um, I thought I assumed like, the way that they went with the move that Sony would maybe just drop it quite quickly like do something advertising and then drop as a thing to do with quite a lot of their peripherals and stuff but they've I mean they haven't really released anything that I've been that interested in for the PSVR but they have still kept up production on it so they clearly think there's something to it they're still coming out with they just announced a killing floor VR or just announced a release date for it so I mean there's always it seems like there's more stuff coming for it than I thought. I thought they'd yeah. off pretty quick. I think it's uh, it's a lot like, I mean, this is still the first generation of consumer VR, like real consumer VR. So it's like uh, when people bought an uh, Atari 2600, you know, that was fun. And you played it for a little bit and then you put it down. Um, and I think it's like that. The technology has to catch up with the concept before VR is going to be like, you know, yeah. have killer apps and uh, be something you want to spend a lot of time in. I think the issue it's always going to face is that it's essentially a platform on a platform. Yeah. So if you want to jump on to VR, you've also got to buy the, I mean, if you want to go high end, I think, what, what have you got, Jason? What, what VR headset? I have a, a Rift. Yeah. I mean, then that's like that's a substantial investment in it itself just to get on there. Yeah. I know obviously it's going to become cheaper, but it's still a big, big investment. Um, I can't imagine it becoming to the level of uh, like it being cheap enough that 
a lot of people would be would be that interested in it. But it clearly must be doing okay. People invest in it all the time. Um, Sony seems pretty pleased with it. So. Yeah, I think it'll it'll keep going forward. I'm I'm constantly amazed every time I hop back in VR. I'm always like, this is this is really cool. I enjoy the little experiences that I hop in and, and play. And sure, there's no AAA, you know, major major things except like Resident Evil Seven or something on there. But it's still a lot of fun. Resident Evil Seven is absolutely terrifying in PS4. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Ooh. Oh god, I didn't even get into that. I'm really really terrible with uh with horror games. And you know, like in the very first. Uh, scene when you've got to go just literally walk into that house it was just me just poking my head around and then kind of running backwards <laughs> a little bit for about 10 minutes until <laughs> until I just put it down oh we had um the uh I, I'm not good with uh the the ocean and uh, what was the PlayStation Worlds game where you go underwater oh right with the mini game yeah it was <laughs> The, de- the deep ocean or adventure or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something. Yeah. And then you go, and then you go down, and like I was literally just at the. I had it on like the kid-friendly version setting where you, the shark isn't going to come and attack you, <laughs> and I was just there with these nice fish, and I was just sweating. I just like threw the heads <laughs> up, and I was <laughs> just completely emasculated by this game. <laughs> All right, so looks like do we have one last question here? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so the last question from um, the Game Revolution comment is, was, uh, the new GR team has been together for quite a while. How well have you guys grown into a group? And I'm not going to answer that because I'm, uh, I'm the boss of GR, so I can't yeah. really. <laughs> Jason, how have we grown yeah. into a group? Uh, I think we're doing well. We, uh, you know, we've taken the site uh, pretty far in the time that we've uh, been together. Um, it's doing really well. So, uh, you know, there were, there was just the three of us for the longest time. Yeah. Um, so how many people have we got working at GR now? It's coming up to, Oh, we have uh, eight or nine, maybe seven, seven, seven. Yeah. We had eight for about 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, 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 and then it's down to, it swiftly went down to seven. That was that was that was a, that was a weird twelve hours. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I like working here probably more than anywhere else I've worked in the industry before. So and that's you know, the we quote go, we're going to leave in our branding. <laughs> um, everyone gets along, and uh, you know we we just do business. Mm-hmm. Try to try to do the best we can. Other than Mac, we all hate that guy. <laughs> Fortnite, oh, Fortnite Mac. Yeah, Fortnite Mac. That's what I'd run in joke at Game Revolution because literally all of Mac's coverage is he just wakes up in the morning and it's just like, right, what on Fortnite am I writing about now? <laughs> yeah, that's. It's there for three hours writing about Fortnite. That's how, how we start our day, Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. All Fortnite just, all the time. Yeah, just just me just approving articles from Mac. It's just like Fortnite hidden gnomes laughing. And just like, go on then, Mac, please. <laughs> so keep the lights on. When does the uh, the rebranding take place to Fortnite Revolution? <laughs> it's already happened. Internally, I haven't noticed. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was really like, I was really surprised that when I asked people to leave us podcast questions, it just wasn't going to be like a hundred Fortnite fans asking us questions. I thought I was going to have to leave and just bring Mac in so he could just answer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 
All right. Well, uh, that's all the reader questions we got this time. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we continue to get some great questions like that. I was impressed, actually, getting that many questions uh, for the the first show. We hadn't even had anybody listen to this yet. So Mm -hmm. hopefully we haven't scared them all off and they actually ask more questions for next time. Excellent. (laughs) Fingers crossed. All right. Well, uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. Um, And next time we might have some different hosts. That's kind of the the thing with this is that we can rotate through a different host for for each of our sites. Uh, that's the crossplay podcast so any feedback you guys want to give us please leave it in the comments Uh, how'd you like the structure how'd you like the length do you want it to go longer do you want us to do shorter probably not going to go any longer than than where we are now but uh, if you want it to be shorter we can (laughs) make it like the Ben-Hur podcast (laughs) (laughs) we we can definitely try and tighten it up if you guys want to want to hear a shorter podcast are there things you want us to talk about uh, segments and things you want us to have or do you just like the kind of BSing about the news that we just kind of did. So uh, let us know what you think. And that's our show. Yeah.